Okay, here we go. Everyone, this is the very latest uh, Bolt from the Blue podcast, and we're here to talk about the Carabao Cup game against West Ham United, and uh, there are people here who have got a few views on that, and uh, uh, the first of them is uh, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? Oh, good evening. I, I still can't believe I won't be going to Wembley in February. I, I know it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Um, Bernard, how about you? Mm. How are you? Yeah, similar, similar feeling. I'm just, uh, I was, I resigned last night, but today I've got, not angry, but just a little bit more fed up today, but hey, we, we carry on, don't we? And we've got someone else there in the background. Ray! <laughs> Ray, how are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. I've had, I've had to ring up uh, the Novotel and cancel my booking, you know. I've had it on a, on the speed dial. The, well, I've had to, you know, <laughs> every year they just, Pop me in there for the Carabao Cup final, like you know, hundreds of other city fans. Um, and this time, it's, I feel a bit naked that we're not going. It feels weird. <laughs> it is. It is. We, we, our, our, our grip on this thing is um, is finally um, at an end. Uh, Colin Savage, how about you? Do you subscribe to the opinion of uh, a certain section of uh, Man City supporters, which is? Yeah, well, you know, we did that. It's not exciting to win it anymore. There's no real glory in it anymore. Why don't we just uh, focus on things that mean something, i.e., at the very minimum, FA Cup, and then, obviously, Premier League title, Champions League. Well, there's no reason for us to be, you know, messing about with the Carabao Cup or whatever they choose to name it, because, you know, obviously going to play the kids right up until the semi-final anyway, so what do you think? Well, you know, we've won it, what, four four times on the trot now, and uh, it would have been nice to get a fifth beat Liverpool's record, and, and it's a nice, you know, I like the Carabao Cup, it's a nice trophy, you get an early, well, uh, uh, you know, not, not early season, but you get a, an early-ish trip to Wembley, if you're in the final, uh, prices are decent, um, a trophy in the bag, uh, you know, in Feb, the end of February, early March, it's um, you know, it's not a bad little trophy. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you ask me, if you could only have one of the Champions League and the um, Carabao Cup, then uh, I, I think I'd settle just once for the Champions League. Then we could get back to normal maybe next season. <laughs> um, a very Corinthian attitude. Okay, Bernard, uh, what 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 are you, what's your views on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if we start, we love the FA Cup, don't we? We've probably underperformed in that a little bit over the years, to be honest with you, so if we can have a good run in that. But uh, I think we'll be kicked out of the Carabao Cup in a couple of years anyway, or whatever it's going to be called. So I think uh, it would have been nice to keep winning it till then, but uh, we, I don't think we would have had an option in a couple of years' time anyway. But, uh, yeah, of course, of course, with bigger fish to fry now, and it doesn't, you know, we've got what three, four games less now to worry about in theory. Will that, will that help us win something else? Who knows? But uh, hey, we we have to sort of. Um, I think the Carabao. It would have been nice to keep it, wouldn't it? It would have been nice to just not know of a team win it. But hey, they, they, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a fairy tale, mate. Football is it? It's just one of those things. It's just we have to get on with it. And it's such a shame, isn't it? We'll probably end the sponsorship now. They've got a new name on it. Look at look on the bright side though. Look on the bright side. You know we're not paying out for you know two legs of a semi-final. It's a busy time of the year, and um, you know no no trip to Ember. So it's, this is a cheaper. Well, you know it helps us get over Christmas a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought Colin was going to go get in with my gag that uh, it's um, 
nice and early in the season, we put the bed, put to bed the talk of the quadruple that the journalists always bring up uh, for City. Now we're going to win, the, you know, are we going to win the quad? We know it's not going to happen. And at least now, hopefully, that's <laughs> finished, it's put to bed and we can move on. Well, what is your take on the whole thing, Ray? That's crap. <laughs> I think everybody agrees. It was, look, you know, it was a strong City lineup. Let's not get away from that. But I think far too many people underperformed, especially in the attacking areas. Um, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of possession, a lot of control in the first 10 minutes. We had, I think, overall in the game, enough decent chances to win that. You know, we had enough, enough, um, opportunities, uh, good positions. And, and shots and um, you know from as early as the eighth minute when I, I, I think I haven't seen a replay of this but I think Gundogan should have shot first time uh, when he was uh, put through uh, I think from Palmer right until the 93rd minute when Raheem Sterling about six to eight yards out middle of the goal unmarked not under any pressure free header straight down the goalie goalie's throat so you know, from start to finish, uh, we were just pouring from the goal. Uh, you know, and, and uh, creativity-wise, we probably had enough. It, it wasn't as much as I would like. We didn't have as much control as I was like. Lots of wasted passes, and, and I can rattle off names where you know they did it regularly: KDB, Sterling, Mares. You know, people you don't expect to do that, giving the cheap ball away. Uh, but we had so many opportunities. But decision making let us down again. And uh, look. You know, we've not scored in five out of, is it five out of 15 games? That's a worry for me. It was a worry earlier in the season, um, where, you know, we read the smashing teams, are we struggling? And I think last season, did we, we had five or six uh, games where we didn't score out of 61. We've already had five this season. Mm. Yeah, through to the community shield, that's correct, right? Five already. Uh, and actually, it's going to be the first time I think in ages, apart from maybe that messing about the last season, no, the season before last with the Champions League, where they, we were playing one leg leg games. We've always been playing, I think, at least sixty games a season. So this season, it's going to be in the high. Hopefully, hopefully, it'll be about fifty-seven or fifty-eight. Um, but it's going to we're going to drop under sixty for the first time, I think, um, in in a few seasons. That's an interesting uh, statistic, and um, Colin Savage, um, we expected perhaps a slightly lesser performance, given that we'd made uh, nine changes from uh, our last fighting unit, but West Ham made eight changes as well, and they left uh, Michael Antonio, amongst others, um, off the starting eleven. so it, it, it should have been advantage us, really, shouldn't it, because we do have a stronger second stream team than a lot of teams first team so uh what was your reason for for this well i mean you know you, you look at the team we put out walker stones ake zinchenko um de bruyne fernandinho gundawan mares palmer sterling i mean only palmer really is um out of place well i say out of place uh, not an experienced first team professional really okay ake and zinchenko Maybe players who are um, less likely to start in our first eleven, but you know Fernandinho, we know is now probably second choice to to Rodri, but you know, that, that's a good enough team to win. Uh, you know, even the West Ham team wasn't bad actually, you know, but uh, you know Yarmolenko, uh, Vlasic, Lanzini, Masuaku, 
Suchek, no wall, you know, Cresswell, Johnson, Dawson, Diop. Uh, no, there was, no, no one could accuse either side of disrespecting the competition. What did you think, Bernard? How about that first half? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I thought, honestly thought that uh, West Ham, I, I think even though it was, uh, obviously you mentioned there, those players calling it, I thought that was, you know, pretty, I thought he'd go stronger, and he didn't. And to be honest with you, from, from the very, very, very get-go, I didn't, you know, they looked as though they were playing for penalties, I'm sorry to say. They just looked, they were they were not very committed all over the place. They were hanging back with plenty of men behind the ball. And uh, obviously, it's one of those games we knew very soon that uh, with our guys, our, our experienced guys, just weren't up for it that first half. But just as many mistakes crept in that first half. As obviously, we got a bit quicker in the second half as time was running out. But uh, we just didn't look capable of actually putting putting a ball a couple of feet wide of the keep. And that, that's that's the problem we've got. And that's that's what we've always got when we make uh, more than say five or six changes in one go. It's happened time and time again. Usually, we're playing a a, you know, no disrespect, a rubbishy team, but West Ham are not a rubbishy team. So this time, you know, I think we knew, we're not talking hindsight, I think most of us thought when we saw that, that this is going to be, this is this could go to penalties. I think most of us were thinking after 10 minutes and obviously that first half, there was nothing in that first half to make me think at half time uh, that anything was going to be, anything was going to be different. I thought, if anything, West Ham might nick something, but worst, you know, best case scenario, it would go to penalties and hopefully, hopefully we could nick it there. But uh, I don't think many City fans uh, had any confidence last night after watching uh, the sort of attempts of certain players in that first half. All the, the experienced players, let's face it, let, let us down last night. The guys that you know we should rely on to do things. All, all the experienced guys, the Sterlings, the Mareses, the De Bruyne's, the Gundogan's, first half and second half, uh, badly let us down last night. What do you reckon, Ray? I mean, would it be unfair to say that that uh, that chance that uh, that you described earlier by Gundogan uh, was our, our best chance and the closest we came to scoring? Uh, I think the Sterling one at the end, he should have done better. Um, I mean, I'm just going to look through. I mean, I made some notes. You know, I'm trying to be uh, uh, semi-professional like this. Um, <laughs> but I'm not, I just rattle off eight minutes. Palmer, oh, that was that ch- uh, uh, Palmer to Gundogan. That was the Gundogan chance. A few minutes later, Sterling loses the ball again. Clueless. Uh, 16 minutes, Sterling loses the ball again. 17, KDB gives the ball away again. 18, Sterling played through. No confidence to go it alone. He only had one, one man to take on to, uh, to be through to, on the keeper. And he just dithered, looked like he wanted, he didn't want to uh, step up. He didn't want to take the responsibility. 19 minutes, KDB corner. Doesn't beat the first man. 22, Sterling, poor defensively, twice in the space of a minute. Um, and at that time, West Ham were having a good spell. But we were you know, contributing to our own uh, problems. 24 minutes, Mares to Palma, good shot, but too, uh, but straight, too near the keeper. You know, 25 minutes, Zinchenko mistake again. Uh, and and I've written, by then City had lost control. And I, and I said we need a, a goal, or at least keep the ball for a while. And um, no, a few more notes. 27, City keep giving cheap ball away. 30, Gundogan with a horrible shot. Um, and I've written Mares, Sterling, KDB, yawn. I mean, they were not really stepping up. 34 minutes, horrible shot from Mares with his right foot. Um, Mares had moved more central as well, but he wasn't creating anything. And I've I just written it was a boring game at halftime. You know, and it was that boring 
at the start of the second half, I went off to make a coffee. I, I just couldn't keep watching this game. You know, I, I, obviously I was going to watch it, but I just couldn't, you know, um, dedicate my full attention to it because it was just poor from City. Colin, was there was there the feeling? Um, I don't know if you had this, but I did. Where um, City weren't that bothered. I mean, uh, if they were to take the take the loss, they wouldn't worry about it that much. Uh, yeah, funny enough, yes, I got that. I, I, I was struggling to get into the game, um, and normally watching a City game, I'm on the edge of my seat. You know, with just a, a bag of nerves, and you know, until we go two or three goals up, but. And um, this game, I, I struggled to give a damn, to be honest. And it looked like the players felt the same. Did you share that feeling, Bernard? Yeah, it was quite. I mean, the City fans were doing their best to raise the atmosphere a little bit, but it's a pretty awful ground for, uh, uh, obviously, it doesn't, tra- sound doesn't travel that great. And it, you're all spread about and it's ridiculous to get any atmosphere. The West Ham fans, you know, you could just tell they were sort of waiting for City to, to, to batter them, to be honest with you. It was so quiet. The only time they livened up was when, when it came to the penalties, which, you know, obviously we, we never heard the last of it after that. I mean, you know, go, going back to the coach, you could just hear them. You'd think they'd won the, you'd think they'd won the Carabao Cup. And all credit to them, you know, obviously that they were, they were well chucked, weren't they? Let's be honest about it. But yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with Colin. I say, uh, that you know, by half time, I think the City fans had, had enough as well because the second half we went we went reasonably quiet, like the West Ham fans, because we just saw what was happening on the pitch and uh, we thought, well, you give up, so why why should we make any effort? And I think that's the sort of feeling in the stand as well as you know, whatever whatever you watch that City performance last night. Uh, Ray, the the actual uh, penalty shootout was probably the most exciting thing about the game. Um. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's anything um, exciting in my notes for the second half. I mean, I've had some, some you know, bits and pieces of good play. Uh, you know, good play from Palmer, but Gundogan off target. Good turn from Sterling, um, but <laughs> my notes, um, but balls it up again. City get lucky from the ensuing break. So, you know, West Ham were obviously getting more into the game because we were giving them those opportunities. We were having bits and pieces of good play. As soon as Foden came on, I've got to say, you know, he looked like he was trying to make something happen. And it did, the game did become uh, watchable uh, from, from then on. But he made a, an immediate impact. But, um, yeah, um, I think Jenko had a shot, decent shot, but it was uh, tipped over. Uh, Susik had a late chance to win it. Uh, he missed that. Um, and then, obviously, that uh, Sterling header. And then the, the 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 penalties, and it's a shame that Ford had missed his penalty. Let's be honest; if that had been Mares or one or two other players, they'd still be getting it in the neck. Of you know, City fans are, are low to criticise um, uh, the stock pot in Iniesta as is uh, Ford, and you know, so he's I think got off lightly. Um, but it, it, if you're not hitting the target, it's a poor penalty. And I, and, and I've also got to say, Zach Stefan, I'm not so sure about. You know, his uh, weak wrists, he, he got his hands on on two of the five. So I'd have liked to, him to have done a little bit better, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, Colin, we, it seems to be that um, gone are the days when we have a, a, a truly penalty-saving goalkeeper. I mean, for all you uh, would say about Claudio Bravo, uh, <coughs> he could save a penalty. And we don't look like we've got one that can save a penalty and uh, I'm not. I'm not talking just about uh, Ederson, but also Zach Steffen seems to have 
sort of uh, he seems to be sharing that particular uh, facility. What do you think? Well, he got a he got a hand, didn't he, to a couple of them? Just from looking, they were hit very powerfully. He couldn't beat <laughs> them out, but um, he did get there, I think. I mean, it's uh, weird, it it? because um, it, it, it almost shouldn't even have the chance to save a penalty. It's it, properly hit. It's 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 almost like that. It recently, in recent years, uh, Bernard, uh, with our goalkeepers, uh, the worse that they are in general play, the better they are at saving penalties. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, mate. Yeah, I was never, I was never a big uh, Bravo fan from from the get go, from his, his debut at uh, you know, at Old Trafford that time, and obviously Caballero again, similar sort of thing as you're saying. They sort of hinted at that, aren't you? But uh, yeah, they did do they did when it comes to penalty shootouts. He did save us uh, time and time again, and uh, I agree with Colin and Ray there. I think Zach Stefan should have done better at least one of them, uh, definitely. Another one wasn't quite as easy, perhaps. Uh, obviously, got an answer, but it was powerful. There's definitely one he could have done better with. But, you know I me, mean? I used to love as, as a key, you know, I'm not to their standard by any means. I used to be well known for saving penalties. I don't know why. I just have to, had a knack of doing it. And it annoys me when sometimes when you watch some of these penalties, you know, how, how they keep. You know, we must have, to, we have, we have guys there, don't we? We have guys who know where people put penalties, you know, spend their lives doing statistics or what, for what. What percentage of penalties are going to go where? And sometimes they used to put this up on screen, and you could see, even though you saw, yeah, there's a good chance it's going to go there. The goalies could go the other way. I mean, I don't understand the logic or the money that's spent. I don't understand that it's not looked, looked at a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I've been quite impressed with Zach Stefan. I think he's he's been okay at penalties, and I think recently, I, I think he's done all right. I know Edison saved one or two, but. Uh, Hey, it shouldn't have come to that, should it? And uh, you know, it, it's a free, it's a free hit for a keeper, isn't it? But he's, he's got to be disappointed that if you let five out of five in, and as, as you say, we would have killed for uh, a Bravo or a Caballero last night, wouldn't we, to, to see us through? Well, Ray, we uh, we did get to see um, several players that you're not going to get to see on a regular basis. Uh, was there even one of them that uh, that impressed you and and stood out? Uh, no. <laughs> no, seriously. I've said KDB was, uh, Bernard was right last week, KDB was dropped. Um, you know, rest, I don't believe he was rested last week. Um, you know, chucking this kind of performance, he was poor. Sterling was poor. Maris was poor. Um, you know, uh, out of the others, Gunduan wasn't very good. You, you see how we miss uh, Bernardo Silva in a game like this. He'd have been, I think, he'd have been uh, valuable in a game like this. But I, I'm just rattling round in my head who who had a decent game. Palmer, I think, did reasonably well, given the fact that he's a kid. Um, but until Foden came on, I really don't think you know we Foden. Foden was one of the best players for the, and he was only on for about 15 minutes, um, just because he was prepared to try and make things happen. Sterling has, I don't know what's happened, whether, you know, he's just trying to pass the ball off instead of driving at a defender and beating him. And his attempts to beat defenders were, were poor. He's making too many wrong decisions, um, in, in, you know, in the danger areas. And I don't know what's gone wrong with him. And I, you know, as I said before, I don't know if he's ever going to get it back. Or if, or if he does get it back, will it have to be a, another club? Um, uh, Colin, did it surprise you um, that uh, Pep started with Cole Palmer? 
No, because he usually gives the young, some of the youngsters a chance. Uh, just surprising he didn't start with uh, more of the youngsters, to be honest, because um, they could have done any worse than some of the experienced players. As Ray said, like uh, De Bruyne and, and Sterling and, and Mares, um I thought he had a reasonable game. He was involved. I mean, uh, he had about three or four shots, which were way off target. Uh, but it was no worse than anyone else. At least he had a shot. Um, you know, how many times do we watch you know, Sterling take a touch too many or uh, Gundogan, uh, who no, normally is so reliable. Uh, and even, even he was poor last night. And, and so maybe Pepper told them, you know, go out with honour or something. And, um, you know, we, we can't afford the fixture pile up this year. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, to have you could understand having two, three players, you know, not having great games, but basically to have most of that for all, virtually, even I don't think even Fernand Fernandinho wasn't too bad, I think, um, but you know, none of the the five forwards showed anything um, really. You know, we never, apart from that chance. From Sterling right at the end, we never put the West Ham goal in any sort of danger. Oh, the Zinchenko one, which we mentioned, which um, Ariola had to save. I mean, he had to make a few decentish saves, but I don't know. It was, um, uh, yeah, I mean, may as well played some of the other kids. Uh, you know, when you look back in hindsight, may as well give him, may as well, I think Adozi was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, may, may as well have played one or two of those kids. Give the others a rest. Yeah, but, but we've done a, we've done a Liverpool. In, in that we've um, t- obviously tossed this compos- competition aside um, prematurely, um, and when when that happens to to them and teams like them, they always talk about, well, that's good for us. It's cleared up the the, the fixture congestion, and we can really concentrate on uh, competitions that matter. Um, is that the song that you're going to be singing? <laughs> I wish you could, no, it's, uh, I think, uh, I mean, Pep did say he was going to play youngsters, didn't he, and I mean, obviously, I think if we'd gone out with youngsters playing, I think we'd be far more um, upbeat and positive, because obviously, obviously, you know, but Pep, Pep tells fibs, don't he, let's be honest about it, that that was a, a good team, like, that team was good enough to win that game last night, and it didn't, I mean, Burner was for me, the best player. But then again, West Ham, as I said, didn't really offer much for most of the game in that part of the field. So he had, he had the run of it, really, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, I think we'd be happy, wouldn't we? We'd put a few adults. As he said, what's the point of having people like, you know, the five guys that just been mentioned there? What's the point? Just put two or three of the youngsters up front. And, you know, we, we couldn't have done any worse, could we? Let's be honest about it. We can all sit here and say, well, all credit to Pep. You know, he's obviously all right. We're out of this. But at least he had a go and he gives some youngsters as a try, I mean, what's the point of doing stuff that we've done before and we know isn't going to work against a half-decent team? And that's the problem, because we, we can't put that ball in the net at the end of the day with, in certain games. And, it, and it, we never looked, as you said, never looked in a million years like scoring a goal last night. We probably, you know, all right, apart from the penalties, but even then it looked, uh, you know, from that very first kick, it, it was pretty much over, wasn't it? So, yeah, I mean, I think we can say that. We can say let's let's concentrate on bigger things, but I, I think we have to be disappointed with that team we put out that uh, it isn't through to the next round. I think I think that's a shocking a shocking indictment really of what happened last night. I think we uh, we should we should be in the next round, uh, and obviously we're licking our wounds now, no matter what sort of spin we put on it. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Ray? I mean, there's a lot of young players that. Uh that Pep could have put in there. And uh, if you're going to toss off the competition, 
um, or not uh, really prioritise it too much. Um, there's nothing to stop you just, um, uh, you know, giving a lot of these guys a, a, a run out. I think it was difficult as well because the night before we had a game, is it the Papa John's Trophy? So that's where our um, our academy, our EDS, um, uh, uh, chucked in with um, League One clubs. So we wanted to win that. I think we got actually, we, I think we got thrashed again by Rotherham, um, <laughs> but. So because he played, we, you know, we, we had to feel the team for that. Maybe, just maybe, that stopped us putting a couple more kids in, in the big squad. Um, and, and you're right, look, you've got to give the comp- competition respect, and Pep did that. We want, I, I think he wanted to win it again. We all, I think almost all City fans wanted to win the Carabao Cup again, the League Cup, get that record. You know, it, it's, it's, and like, um, Bernard said, it's probably, you know, if in a few years' time, uh, Premier League clubs might not be playing, or clubs that are in Europe might not be playing in the Carabao Cup. So this was a chance to get an unprecedented fifth, you know, uh, win on the bounce. No one, no one was ever going to catch, do that record ever um, again. And uh, we, we blew it. Um, as you guys have said, if we put out, uh, some youngsters and we got beat, experimenting and stuff like that, you take that. You know, we were trying. Something different didn't work, but these players, you know, these players want to play in the first team, and uh, I'm sorry, you know, a lot of them let themselves down, um, and a lot of them will struggle to get in that first team. You know, a few, few of them will. I mean, KDB will be back, but um, I, I always say it, it just shows that when you put out our best team, it's awesome. When you take two or three players out and put others in, it doesn't look as good. And maybe that's why we've had five uh, uh, games out of 15 where we haven't scored. You mix things up. You know, I think when Sterling, I think if I'm right, three of those nil, uh, you know, games where we haven't scored, Sterling's been playing three or four. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't read very well uh, for his contribution either. Well, finally, um, the, 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 the trophy has been prized from our, our, our death grip uh, on it. I don't know about, uh, other guys, uh, the, I appreciate what, what people have said, but I, I really don't care too much about the Carabao Cup. And, uh, it, you know, we, the fact that we've uh, dominated the competition for so long, I think it shows that when, when City really go out to, you know, in, intentionally to win it, they will win it. And, uh, when they take their foot off the, off the gas a little bit, then they can, they can let it go. But, um, I think there's nothing too much more to be said about that game, guys. So um, possibly we should uh, we should go on to other other, other matters. I'm going to turn to Colin Savage, uh, Colin, because uh, City have been in the news uh, with regard to a certain uh, Barry Benell. Now uh, there are uh, people in the supporter group that possibly don't know this guy, don't remember him, don't know what he's got to do with us, and generally a bit uh, perplexed about it all. So could you give us a little bit of a history lesson and, and, and uh, remind people who this is and what's he got to do with our club? Well, I can try, yeah. Um, Barry Rennell was a youth football coach and he wasn't a city employee as such, but he was closely associated with the club. So he ran a number of youth teams that um, City were connected to, shall we say. And uh, he introduced a number of players to City and, of course, um, as we now know, he was a serial abuser. 
um, he he took advantage of the boys um, that, that trusted him, the parents that trusted him, uh, and, and carried out sexual abuse on a absolutely horrific scale. What sort of a uh, time uh, scale was this, uh, Colin? I'm not sure off the top of my head, to be honest, but it, it was over was a very a... significant period. So, uh, yeah, no, well, I, uh, in terms of this was the late seventies, the early eighties. Um, yes, I think it would have been, people like David White were, were impacted by this. Gary Speed, uh, with Paul Stewart, another one. Yeah, Paul Stewart. Uh, yeah, um, you know, loads of players. Uh, he was also associated with Kerr Alexandra. And, um, Gary O'Grady, the long-term, with his long-term well, manager and director of crew, claimed that he didn't know anything about what was going on. Um, which is kind of a, a controversial claim, but, as I say, the, when, when this came to light, and um, this came to light through, um, the, well, the, the then Guardian, now athletic journalist, uh, Daniel Taylor published a series of stories about this, and Ben Hill was eventually tried and convicted and got a very long jail sentence, rightly so. Um, now, what, what happened next was that City, um, despite obviously the fact that the ownership has changed a number of times since then, it was in the Peter Swales days, um, Peter Swales, um, Alfred was the, the secretary at the time. Now, did they know that there are stories that concerns were raised at board level and ignored? Um, Benel had seemingly had free access to the club uh, and to the club officials, uh, and he also had um, he also went to United's training ground at the Cliff. No, it, it, this is not just a city problem. What had obviously Swales and and, and Bernard Halford are, are deceased and can't throw any light on the situation. We, we don't know what happened in those days. Um, but, but I do know uh, Steve Fleet, who was the reserve, who was our Bert Troutman's understudy and, and the reserve goalkeeper and reserve team coach. He was quite vocal about having flagged up concerns about Bernal to the city hierarchy. But um, seemingly uh, no one quite knows what happened, you know, whether... And, and, and you know, it, it was in the days when these things were brushed under the carpet, sadly. Um, and a number of footballers came out and told their stories, very tragic stories. There was a documentary on BBC about it. I think it's still on iPlayer. Uh, very upsetting. So, so obviously, Benel went to prison. The city, because of his associate, he said he wasn't a, a he wasn't an employee of the club, like a senior employee of the club, but he was closely associated. We paid expenses to him. Um, we, we, we paid him, I think, commission on, or, or you know, kickbacks, to, for want of a better word, on players we, we, that were introduced to us and we signed. Uh, that was the way of things in those days. Uh, and City set up a, a wide-ranging inquiry under, under an independent QC, didn't attempt to brush anything under the carpet. Uh, and as a result of that, they offered a, set up a compensation scheme for anyone who could prove they were impacted by uh, Bernal's activities. So uh, sums have been paid out to, to many people. City um, have done the right thing, I think. Well, they have done the right thing. Uh, I say the current ownership is not responsible for what happened in those days, but they, they, they've taken seriously their responsibility as a club, as an entity. They, they set up a scheme and have been paying payments, I think up to about £50,000 to those who were, who were affected. Now, now, and you have to remember that some of those kids, some of those boys may have given up their dreams of playing football because of the abuse. Now, obviously, uh, you know, uh, 
obviously we don't have the case of Gary Speed who tragically hanged himself. You know, how much of that was, we'll never know, how much of that was due to the abuse he suffered as a young player? You know, David White has talked about it. Um, now, obviously, him and White and Paul Stewart, they went on to have fairly successful careers, of course. But, you know, how many didn't? How many just wanted to get away from the game? Because uh, it was easier than facing people like Benel, and he wasn't the only one, by the way. You know that that, that it wasn't an he wasn't an isolated case. Um, there were many others at other clubs, Newcastle, Chelsea, um, and other clubs had people of a similar look. And it was in the days where, you know, if you were that way inclined, you became a scoutmaster, or you know, you joined a boys' club in somewhere, a sports a sports club, and and, and you know, we, we didn't just didn't have the mechanisms, we didn't have the knowledge, uh, we didn't look at it in the same way we look at it now. So uh, what, what has happened is City have set up the scheme, but I think there's about eight people who have taken um, legal action. They've been offered money by the scheme and turned it down because uh, they believe they're owed more money than the scheme is offering. Now, now we don't we don't know much about this. this is only what, what I've read. And um, of course, City were dragged into this. Uh, now, because they've turned down the money, it's gone to, under a long-standing arrangement um, with the football authorities, It's been this case has been taken over by our insurers. So it's nothing to do with City. City have, have nothing to do with this at all. Our insurers are, are a firm called uh, Keos. I think they're Bolton-based, uh, big firm of solicitors. Um, and the the eight players who I don't think have been named have appointed their own legal representative. Now, it, from from what I gather, obviously I'm not not a legal expert. From what I gather, it, it's quite usual in these cases to call the defendant as a witness. So, so there'll be a court case decide to decide whether um, these eight people are owed greater damages than whatever we've offered them. What I do know, uh, and, and I had a lawyer confirm this, that if you are offered a settlement as part of a deal, and this applies in employment law as well, you know, if you um, if you are offered a settlement by your employer, you've been wrongly dismissed, or you feel you've been wrongly dismissed, and you turn that down, you later go to a tribunal, they will take that, if the, they will take into account, if the, the offer you're likely to get from the tribunal is less than the company, the, the company offer, as I understand it, the employment tribunal can turn your case away. Um, or, or they can take that into account in assessing your claim. So, so we don't know the full facts. So you know, I don't want to speculate, but it seems like uh, the lawyer who's handling the case is not is not a flyby night by any stretch of the imagination. He's a well-respected lawyer in this particular field. So we must assume he feels there are good grounds for taking this case on. But in general, turning down a negotiated settlement is a risky legal strategy. Um, and of course, a lot of the press comment has been around the fact that Benel may be called, may be called as a witness. Uh, he's not a very reliable witness. Uh, he told a pack of lies, I think, during the actual his court case. The, the question is how much you can rely on that evidence. But from what I've read, standard procedure is to call, in most cases, would be to call the defendant in the case. But it's not City. It is purely in the hands of our insurance companies and their legal advisors. Yeah, yeah. I, I, City was ne- uh, Benel was never actually a um, a bona fide uh, employee of Manchester City, as I understand it. But um, where 
we're taking a few hits in the um, the PR uh, optics, aren't we, uh, uh, Bernard? Because um, we've got all this stu- stuff with uh, Mendy as well, and we uh, have never really talked about the, this on the on the pod. He's been he's been kind of allowed to um, just to slip into the rearview mirror. But um, uh, Bernard, what's your understanding about what's going on with uh, with Benjamin Mendy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously you can't you can't say you know I'm saying you can't say too much because of the circumstances, can you? But um, obviously, it's a very weird situation, wasn't it? Because obviously, we we know it's been going on for a while, and it's only obviously re- relatively recently that we actually suspended him and stopped him even being part of the squad, etc. So obviously, people are linking things like this to the, the trouble with Bernardo and all this sort of thing. So there's lots. The trouble is with stuff like this, there's so much speculation, isn't there, uh, that will go on now or has, has been going on. And, of course, the media, and it, I mean, they tell lies about us, the things that aren't true. So as soon as they find something where they can actually batch us about it, obviously we're, we're going to get it in the neck, whether it's this uh, Benel thing or whatever. We're, you know, we're not going to come out of this uh, squeaky clean, are we? And obviously, as fans, we have to think... Uh, we have to be not not worried, but a little bit surprised at, at this uh, Mendy situation without without knowing the, the details. Obviously, that's 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 got to be left to when it actually starts going into court and stuff like this. It'll all kick off then, obviously, won't it? But uh, yeah, as fans, I think we have to be surprised. As I say, we have to get on with our lives, and football has to continue. But uh, it is a very very odd situation to say that. Uh, this and say these links with people like Bernardo and stuff are obvious, aren't they? They're going to be made, of course they are, because of the problems in the past and stuff like that. Because obviously he's got great friends at the club, of course he has. So uh, it is, it is a bit worrying and a bit strange. But I'm sure, like the Benel thing, it will obviously will get to learn a lot more. But uh, I say we, we don't really need this. We don't really need it, but we have to accept it and go with it. We have to accept responsibility, and that's what the club seems to be doing. And uh, just move on, but uh, I'm sure we're going to get battered. But it, we get battered for stuff that isn't true, so, so I'm sure we're going to get battered for stuff that might be at least half true or, or whatever. Yeah, just to remind people, I think it, it, it is the situation that Benjamin Mendy was, um, he's actually been accused of, of, of rape, and he's um, been arrested, he's uh, on, on remand, and he's had two uh, official requests to be put out on bail, uh, refused. And um, that's the, the situation. Um, uh, City have come under criticism because apparently uh, they knew um, or they had knowledge of the accusations. And um, obviously other clubs are, are, are criticising us for not having suspended him um, earlier. What's your take on the whole thing, Ray? Well, look, um, you know, it was, we still have this provision of innocent and proven, until proven guilty. You can argue, and so, so City carried on playing the guy, you can argue that some alleged uh, accusations, you know, crimes before they go, before you go to court, you should pull someone out of the line, like, depending upon the, the nature and the severity of the accusations. Um, it's really difficult to comment on what's right, what's wrong. Different people will have a different view to say if you're accused of something, you shouldn't be allowed to play. Others will say if you're if you're accused of something and it takes two years to clear your name, should you have been stopped from playing for two years? It's not fair on the player. So it's it's a really delicate area. What Mendy seems to have done that's not helped, obviously not helped his cause, is he's broken his bail conditions apparently. That's why he he's not been given bail 
That's why he was allowed to play before for City. Now he's in a slammer. He's been in, in, in the prison in Liverpool for, for several weeks now. Uh, that's why he obviously can't play for City at the moment. Um, his trial is set for, I think, January. You know, look, we can't talk about it too much. Um, and I don't think there's much more to, more to say. You know, if, if he's, you know, the, the, he's not helped himself with the, what he's done with the bail. You know, that he, basically, I think he, he was restricted to having a certain number of people over. Uh, he, he's broken that twice, apparently, by having more people than he's allowed. If, if that's true, which let's, you know, I think we can say it seems to be. That's why his bail's been denied. Then he's an idiot. You know, and. It, without saying anything that, that will, you know, talking about the case, it doesn't show him in a good light. Absolutely not. Um, you know, and yes, we'll take it in. The thing is with the Benel thing, we, we are taking a lot of criticism and a lot of ignorant criticism, but that's the way football fans are generally. Um, and they're having to go at City for this, whereas Colin has, I think, quite rightly said, it's City's, uh, solicitor. Man City have done a, I think they've really bent bent over backwards to to try and deal with this in a sensitive way, in a in a correct manner, more than any anybody else. You know, crew, okay, they're a small club with a small budget. They try to ignore this as long as possible. Whereas City set up this fund, which is they spent more than a million pounds, invest invited people to come forward, investigating as much as they can, and then passing things on to the police. So I think City. I'm not sure what else they could have done, um, you know, for something that happened a long time ago that wasn't the current owner's uh, re- responsibility, you could say. Um, so I, I think there's not much more we can do, and we'll just have to let this run its course. But people, you know, look, you you, you get it, you understand it's going to happen. But people jumping on the bad wagon, having a go at City, not bothering to uh, look at the facts. Even journalists jumping on, you know, with their um, the headlines. Which are there to, you know, cause anger. Um, now if, if some of them had actually told the truth, then maybe some city would have been, would have been getting as much in the neck, um, about this. And, you know, but, but you know what journalists are like, you know, they, they want to kick up a, a hornet's uh, nest here, uh, and get, uh, opposition fans, you know, fans from other clubs annoyed, irked at city. It's just a long line of things that, they throw at City, you know, we're going through the sports washing thing again now, Newcastle, you know, we, our, our, um, our good friend Tariq Panju was talking about City fans again today uh, in the way we we support the Newcastle fans and stuff like that. Um, it's it's part of the course. It's part of the course with journalists and we've, we've been here many, many times. The things they throw at City, they don't throw at other clubs. They don't throw at their, the clubs that they support. And it's for whatever reason, whether it's sheer pure jealousy about how well City are doing, how much money we've got, and that we can buy players and have you know 50 million pound players on the bench, uh, whether there's a, a little bit of thin uh, racism uh, in there against brown owners from the Middle East, the Arab owners, uh, whatever it is, there there is something going on with with the journalists, and if they set the and if they a lot of them are setting the agenda. Opposition fan bases will jump on it and, and have a go at us as well. If the journalists were actually saying positive stuff about City and are ignoring this stuff, most fans wouldn't even think about it. Well, guys, let's finish off uh, this particular pod with uh, a little section that we'll call News and Views. Um, uh, that would uh, involve any other um, sort of matters that are in the uh, 
in 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 the news and uh, particularly some um, strange results from uh, around Europe, particularly Colin. Um, yeah, I mean Bayern Munich, oh, the obvious one, getting beat five uh, nil by uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, wasn't it? Uh, but uh, you know, cups, cup competitions. Yeah, in Bayern Munich, that's an odd one because they've not even got any competition for the league, really, have they? <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking that, yeah, you know, we've saved, uh, well, we've, what round was it? So we we would have played an, another knock, if we'd won last night, we'd have played another knockout game, potentially two like semi-final, and of course a final, which comes usually just after we've played a European away knockout uh, leg. So, um you wonder what Bayern's excuse was. I, I I I only saw the result. I've not really read much about the game, but uh, you know the, these um, the, um, the Germans only have. Do they do they have just the one cup competition? I can't remember. I think a lot of European um, countries are going down to just to one competition. So this is. I think if I'm right, the the DF, uh, the, the uh, postal or Pokal or whatever it is cup. I think that's their main one. That's their main one, isn't it? Yeah. And then, I don't know. It's about, uh, I mean, clubs, particularly clubs like us, like Bayern. Um, you know, we laugh at Liverpool for doing the best to go out to out of the uh, League Cup at the earliest possible opportunity every season. But we've got so many demands on us, haven't we? And, and despite people saying, you know, we've got an inf- or, or implying we've got an infinite supply of players. Yes, we've got better quality players than the likes of, say, Burnley or Watford, of course, but. It's still pressure on on the club, and, and and we've saved ourselves now four games that come at crucial times of the season. So, um, you know, maybe other clubs think think like that 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 they they'd rather focus on the Champions League. It's all about money, isn't it? You know, the Champions League is where the money is. You don't get much for winning the League Cup. You don't get that much for winning the FA Cup, but you get a hell of a lot of money for winning the Champions League. You know, we'll probably get. 20 times as much money if we won the Champions League as if we won the FA Cup. Uh, and, and probably you can, it, that might even be 40 times for, for, for the League Cup. So mm. from a financial point of view, it, it kind of makes sense to focus on uh, the, the, the one that gives you the best return. Well, um, let's uh, turn our attention to, to other matters. Um, apart from the um, that astonishing uh, result uh, for Bayern Munich, um, just turn this over to uh, Bernard and or uh, Ray. Anything else that uh, caught your eye well, from uh, from what's been going on? Yeah, Barcelona got beat. Ronakuma got sacked. Barcelona down, I think, in ninth. Um, so that that was just a matter of time. Messi's gone. The, the one guy that was dragging him through, he's gone. So uh, they're in trouble. They're looking at getting Xavi in. Uh, Real Madrid junior nil, I think, overnight, which meant David Silva's Real Sociedad. Uh, 2-0 winners, they're top of the league. I think Juventus are struggling in Italy. They're down in, I think, 8th or ninth uh, as well. So, you know, they're having a tough time. Uh, odd results here and there. I've got to quickly say something for, for, for uh, Tommy Doyle. He's having a good time over at Hamburg. He's had a, uh, he scored a goal the other week. Um, I'm just looking at his stats from his last game against uh, FC Nuremberg in the DFB Pokal. Uh, 80% pass accuracy, four out of four long balls, two out of two dribbles, eight, he's won eight out of nine grand duels, uh, duels, six tackles, one interception, he had a cracking game, uh, as, um, um, his team won through. So he's, you know, he's, he's, he's doing well in the top league in Germany. 
Um, maybe next season he'll come back. He'll be one of the very, very few that will go out on loan and come back and have a chance of making it at City. Yeah, it was um, pretty, uh, well, I, I would say a little bit predictable in the end about uh, Ronald Koeman, but uh, as uh, Ray mentioned, he is gone and uh, and they're not doing too well, which surprises me how often um, some of our players get linked to um, um, Barcelona when they obviously don't have the proverbial pot to pee in uh, financially. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he's gone, and uh, there've been um, there's been talk about Xavi coming in um, for quite a while now. So that one seems really uh, sort of uh, inevitable. And uh, and as Ray said, yep, absolutely, uh, our uh, young player, Mr. Doyle, has been um, has been uh, getting quite a few plaudits uh, playing out there for Hamburg in Germany. And uh, guys, that's all. That I have, uh, unless anyone wants to raise anything else, I'm going to give you the window to do that before I uh, wrap things up. Anything else? Any any, uh, any other matters you'd like to talk about? The thing that sought my eye obviously was obviously that there'll be a massive queue now for Mr. Paul Pogba, won't he? Who's being allowed to leave on a free? So that that'll be uh, obviously I'm sure we'll be at front of that queue, uh, you know, to <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to not buy Paul Pogba. Welcome to Manchester. <laughs> uh, great, great stuff, isn't it? I mean, what? I mean, they are a shot. I mean, even no matter how bad we are, we always, we can still have a laugh at them, can't we? <laughs> Let's be honest about it. So, I mean, uh, it's great that, that we can. You know, we've got such. We're kind of gutted about going out the the League Cup, and uh, but and we can laugh at them. <laughs> it really shows how much the table has turned. Of course, what what the media have been busy telling us is that. Um, you know, the, the Norwegian PE teacher has three games to save his job. And, of course, uh, one of those is Spurs this weekend. Then they're playing, is it Atalanta again? Uh, and then um, they play a certain team from the, the city of Manchester. It is that third game. And, um, of course, there's great angst among City fans is, do we kind of throw that game, to, uh, <laughs> you know, to keep them in the job? <laughs> or do, we just, do, do we just see him as a dead man walking and and finish the job that Liverpool started? I, 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 I put this on Blue Moon. Someone said, um, you know, go easy on them and only win four nil. I mean, we don't have a great record against them uh, under Solskjaer. Let's be honest. But, but my take on that was, I'd rather win. Let, let's accept he's a dead man walking and let's win fourteen nil. Impressively. With four of those goals being dubious penalties or controversial goals. So United fans can sing, you lucky bastards, it should have been 10 to us. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll tell you what, if he puts that team out, he put out last night, next week, we're going to get hammered. So let's hope, let's hope, he, doesn't, let's hope he doesn't put that one out here. Let's, let's hope we go strong. I mean, I just want to rub the noses in it. But you know us, we'll, we'll probably, something will go wrong. You know, you know, be the City fans never easy. Well, we can, so we can have a laugh while we, let's have a laugh while we can. And let's, let's as uh, Colin said, Perhaps at 14, I'll, I'll, I'll be up with 13, something like that. But, uh, let, let's just bury them and let's just bury Solskjaer. That's all I want to do, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you. I think one other story I just quickly want to mention. On Sunday, Man City women are playing against Chelsea women in the FA Cup semi-final. It's last season's competition because of all, everything that happened with COVID. The previous season's competition was finished last season. Last season's was played up to the, I think, the... Um, 
uh, up to the quarters. So the quarters were played uh, earlier uh, this se- this season. Semi finals on Sunday. It's a big big game, you know, for Gareth Hill and, and and the women's team because it's been a terribly disappointing season, getting knocked out of the Champions League before the group stages, uh, losing a game at home against Spurs. Still can't believe that. Uh, struggling in the league. You know, I think, I honestly think Gareth Taylor is a dead man walking. Unless he wins pretty much every game this season that's remaining, you know, I, I can't see him staying on next season. So it's a big, big game. Chelsea have been the biggest rivals for the last three or four years. And hopefully I'll, I'll be there with my two lads cheering the girls on. And hopefully we can uh, get another day at Wembley. Hopefully so. And I think that's probably, that's probably all we have time for right now. Uh, let's uh, thank the, the guys very much for, for coming on. Um, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that uh, little quote from uh, Colin, the Norwegian PE teacher. I think that's something that I'm going to be using uh, uh, on social media in the next uh, few days. But um, uh, let's uh, just uh, uh, thank them for their contribution. So, Colin Savage, any final thoughts? Uh, no, well, yeah, at least I'll have a weekend free. You know, we'll, we'll, we won't have a fixture pile up, so uh, I'll have a free weekend in February. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, Bernard? Uh, well, I just have to say, well, uh, it's not our Carabao Cup. It isn't our Carabao Cup, and that's all. That's all I can say now. After four or five years of saying the total opposite, way well, there, you, there you go. It's, it's good to get a change of script now and then. Okay, and uh, to the Parisian uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh, Ray, uh, any 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 uh, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Have have a good um, end of the week, guys. I know everybody's quite tired, working long hours and uh, putting a shift in. Um, just want us to get through the weekend and win. You know, we've got to keep winning um, in in the league. I think, as I said many times, Liverpool and Chelsea won't drop too many points. They've got relatively easy looking games this weekend. Uh, we just got to get the three points. Uh, however they come, it doesn't matter. We just got to keep on their court sales. Well, that's a, uh, a good point for us to finish on. Uh, thanks very much, uh, everyone, for, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you shortly, so we'll finish in the normal way by saying have one and us. And up the blues. Up the blues, guys. <laughs>